Tiffany. And I'm Rihanna, and welcome or welcome back to Fresh Off the Broke. Fresh Off the Broke is about personal experiences for an Asian American in a predominantly white community, Asian media, and Asian pop culture in general. Race has always been a sensitive topic. Every day, there's a base over race. With the podcast, we intend to shed light on the experiences of first-generation Asian immigrants, not put them on a pedestal. We understand that race isn't everything, but there should be an acknowledgement of people of color, the knowledge gap, and the racial divide that will ideally be broken. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. Today, we will be discussing Asian inventors. So today's gonna be a pretty chill, relaxed, fun episode, just highlighting, like Rihanna said, Asian adventures and things that have an impact on our everyday life that we didn't know and maybe you didn't know were invented by Asians, such as the USB. So that's, we're basically going to go down a list talking about certain scientific discoveries, tech, everyday things, just the whole nine yards. <laughs> and we got our inventors from a few places. We got them from a website called Science Buddies, from TED. I think I'm saying our friend Ted. Yeah, our guy no, Ted. We mean, we, <laughs> we mean Ted as in like Ted Talk. So mm-hmm. ideas.ted.com. And then we also got a few things from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And I know what you may be thinking. Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia might be a little different from our other sources. But I actually found a pretty cool list of Chinese Canadians that are notable people. It's like a pretty big list of just um, inventors, important people in the government, stuff like that. So pretty cool. Check out all of our sources in the description. Also, just wanted to mention, because I feel like this might be the elephant in the room for some of our listeners, especially if you are from the U.S., because October is actually Filipino Heritage Month in the United States. So even though we aren't in the United States, I know a lot of you are. So yay, happy Filipino Heritage Month. And happy to Filipino start- Filipino Heritage Month. Yeah. To start off our list, we actually have a- Filipino-American inventor. This inventor is the first inventor in our little science segment. Her name is Rosalie Ocampo, um, and she co-discovered extremophiles. Now, if you don't know what extremophiles are, they're just organisms that can survive in under extreme conditions. I'll get into that more later. Um, And just a side note, Generally, when Filipino women get married, they take their husband's last name or they hyphenate their last name. So even though she is Rosalie Ocampo, she went by Rosalie Ocampo Friedman because her husband's last name was Friedman and her PhD was under the name Friedman. So I'm going to refer to her as Dr. Friedman, which kind of sad, but also like 
her name is known so I'm not too upset about that yeah I was I was a little sad when I found out when we were doing research it's because you know she spent all those years yeah and that is technically not her name yeah but I mean she did co-discover it with her husband and I guess if she if she like <laughs> loved him enough to <laughs> get her PhD oh under his name I mean, I don't know the circumstance, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so she discovered extremophiles, which again, organisms survive in extreme conditions. So basically in places like um, up north where it's super cold or in like swamps and bogs and stuff like that. Um, and her work was actually mentioned in the discovery of life on Mars because the life on Mars are extremophiles. That's just an example of it. And a cute little side note about that is that apparently her and her husband were eating dinner and like watching late night TV. Um, And the news story was about the discovery of life on Mars. And apparently she would like dropped whatever utensil she was holding or like her group her grip loosened when she heard that on the tv because she was like oh my god they're talking about us like that's our work our work made this possible you know so kind of cute that's so cute I know right that's us (laughs) literally just like while they were eating dinner together so cute Couples that make scientific discoveries together. I know, right? Power couple. But anyways, a little more about her. So the National Science Foundation awarded Dr. Friedman, aka Dr. Ocampo Friedman, um, the U.S. Con... Hold up. (laughs) Congressional. Congressional Antarctic Service Medal. Long, long name. And that was awarded to her in 1981. And by the late 1990s, she had gathered almost a thousand different cultures of extremophiles all over the world. That is very impressive. A thousand of like just different like organisms. I don't know. That sounds like, that also sounds like a lot of fun. Just like traveling the world with your husband, looking for new life. Oh. That was deep. Oh, Rita. <laughs> that was so sweet. I'm down. I gotta okay. write that so... <laughs> I'm gonna write that down for myself. Our listeners must be thinking, like, wow, this is such a wholesome... Wow. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it was, because there's no, like, details on her personal life and the state mm-hmm. of her marriage, but we're just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> the state of her marriage. Yeah. And now we're back to usual programming. Yeah, we are. Sorry. Also, to can only um, be cute for so long. Yeah, to dull the mood a little more. Um, she did pass away in two thousand and five, but to lighten the mood, a few months um before she actually passed away, uh, a mountain peak in the Antarctic where she co-discovered endolithic microorganisms was named after her. It was called Friedman Peak, which I have um mixed feelings about saying that it was named after her why didn't they use her first name i know 
but it's weird because whenever I search it up, it says that it was named after her. Maybe it was actually named after like the two of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like it should be, if anything, Ocampo Friedman Peak because that's like both of their last names. Yeah. And then it's also kind of cute because it's like a couple. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But Queen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't here that mean that her life. husband can technically say that there's a thing named after him? Yeah. I mean, he was also a pretty notable person in this realm of science. So Yeah, I know, but like Yeah, I it I get wasn't you mean. for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, no hate. This is not. This is, we're just having fun. Yeah. Queen. Power couple. Power woman. A thousand cultures. Yeah. So the next person on our list is actually a Chinese-Canadian who goes by the name of Thomas Chang, who co-invented the first artificial cell. That's that crazy. Is, yeah, that's very impressive to me. Um, I was reading on him, like, about him on Wikipedia, and it doesn't really go into detail about, like, the actual invention of the first artificial cell but apparently this guy was like doing stuff in his dorm which he turned into a lab and he was using like they always do that yeah he was using like perfume bottles to like recreate something that can transport hemoglobin or something like that like very impressive stuff anyways a little more about our guy thomas In the late 1960s, he discovered that enzymes carried by artificial cells could correct some metabolic disorders, and he also developed charcoal-filled cells to treat drug poisoning. His work on finding a safe blood substitute brought him to to prominence in the 1980s and 1990s, earning him an Order of Canada, which is just an award by the government. But (laughs) I say just but it's like more about the government yeah just some like random award it's like the second highest level of award that the government can give you so very impressive and our final inventor in the science department (laughs) i guess (laughs) um is tetsia theodore Vegeta, also known as Ted Vegeta, <laughs> um, our guy Ted. He developed the Vegeta scale or the F scale, which is a six point scale to measure the strength of tornadoes. Um, Did Theodore... you even know that there was a scale for tornado? Because I didn't know. Yeah, I also didn't know either. Yeah, I knew about the Richter scale. Anyways, Tetsuya was a Japanese-American meteorologist, and a fun little fact, he was often called Mr. Tornado by his associates, which is so cute. Such a cute name. I Love know. it. Isn't that Mr. Tornado? Very cute. Can you okay. imagine? He just shows up to work and they're like, Mr. Tornado, good morning. So cute. Or even like a kid. I mean, I guess it wasn't that. I mean, it's a big deal, but I don't think it was that mainstream. Yeah. But can you imagine a kid calling him Mr. Tornado? That would be cute. 
And I was like, Mr. Tornado, hi. <laughs> so wholesome. In the wholesome episode. <laughs> Anyways, like Rihanna said, that was the last science one. This time around, over here, we are going to be covering tech. However, the first person that we're talking about is kind of an interesting middle ground between science and tech and maybe even philosophy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So first off, we have Nano Thompson, a native Hawaiian navigator and the president of the Polynesian Voyaging Society. So he basically created something. He created this new conceptual direction system using traditional wayfinding principles and modern science to develop something called a star compass. And Mm. so the star compass is a visual representation of how navigators view the horizon around them. And unlike a physical compass, a star compass is a mental construct for navigation where it splits the visual horizon into 32 houses where a certain celestial body is. And this helps navigators orient themselves by navigate no by identifying the position of the stars as they rise and set mm-hmm. without needing technology. Or at least like traditional technology is yeah. more in the mind. Yeah. Which is way more impressive. Mm-hmm. It's really cool just because combines like modern science and then wayfinding principle because I mean back Mm -hmm. then people just looked at the North Star Mm -hmm. oh and then fun fact he's best known as the first Hawaiian to practice the ancient Polynesian art of navigation since the 14th century I love that can you like how long ago was that crazy This is just proof that traditional ways of thinking are just <laughs> way more superior. Well, well, don't clip that. That's <laughs> out of context. I don't mean traditional as, okay. You know what? Well, wait, what's that? Is it a, a meme? What was it? Reject? Is it reject modernity? Embrace yeah. transition? Or yes. tradi- transition? Transition. <laughs> uh, reject modernity embrace tradition or is it yes. reject tradition embrace no modernity? it's not that because I only know it's not that because I see that meme and it's of people saying that the old McDonald's was better than the new McDonald's like in terms of interior design so ah with the fun <laughs> little colorful yeah yes. I mean I, I, I can get behind that Remember when they used to have a playground or like a play area? I mean, they still do. Oh, they do? Yeah. I didn't know that. Some of them, they've taken it away. I know that some in the older McDonald's, they used to have a play area, but it was like video games. Like there were like screens and controllers, Mm -hmm. but those are completely gone. It's only Mm. the play like scapes that are still there. Ah. I would know because I was always an avid enjoyer of the video game ones, (laughs) even though half of them never worked. But anyways. That was was your first induction into the gamer society. 
It really was. <laughs> Anyways, next up we have Deng Qingwan or Deng Deng Yun, who is a Chinese physical chemist, and he, alongside another chemist, Stephen Van Flake, were working together when they invented the organic light emitting diode, OLED light, in 1987. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't know that OLED was invented such so long ago. For some reason, I thought that it was invented more recently just because yeah. of like OLED TV. Yeah. Because I feel like for the longest time, everyone, or maybe not everyone, but TV was sold as LED TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when I started hearing about OLED TVs, that was when I started hearing about OLED. Whoa. OLED. Yeah. And so to, to hear that it was from 1987, it's like, oh. Yeah. Cool. And also, like, the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch OLED, which is OLED, but people call it an OLED. Mm-hmm. Like, that got released, like, last year mm. or something like that. So, it might have been this year, actually. I'm not sure. It was either this year or last year. The Switch OLED came out, which is, like, what do you mean that OLED was invented in 1987? Yeah. And well, the, well, just one the, of those the things Switch that... OLED came out, like, last year. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one of those things where it's like an everyday, or it's kind of small, at least to the average person. Mm-hmm. And so when you find out how long ago it's been, yeah, whoa, it's like wow, didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then another fun fact, because because we love fun facts, we do. He's been named on eighty-four patents. What? And then. He was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2018 for his co-invention of OLED. Or OLED. Impressive. Finally, we're going to move on to our everyday invention segment. Even though, I will say, you could argue that for a lot of the things we previously mentioned, they could be considered everyday things. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the first everyday item we're going to talk about was created by Ajay Pat, who is a Indian and American computer architect. This guy is responsible for USBs. Which, by the way, he invented them in 1994. But to it think feels that... like it's not long enough ago, but also it feels like it's not soon enough. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And just to think about the fact that, like, this man is responsible for a thing that's so integrated Mm -hmm. in a lot of things at this point. Very impressive. Yeah, I mean, think about USB ports. Yeah. Everything. Just, like, Mm -hmm. the things that... Are, we are capable of doing due to USBs, like, very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. 
the full name for USB is kind of funny to me. Universal Serial Bus. Yeah. <laughs> funny to say. The Universal Serial Bus. All right. So next up, we have Stephen Chen and Jad Kareem, who, alongside Chad Hurley, founded YouTube, Yay. which may or may not be the source that you are using to stream us right now. Yeah. So if you are, leave a comment down below. Say hello. Who else is listening to this on YouTube <laughs> or watching this? You get a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. By yourself. <laughs> you make it sound so sad. It's not sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephen Chen is Taiwanese American, and then Jad Kareem is Bangladeshi and German. And the fun mm-hmm. fact Jad was in the first YouTube video, the mm-hmm. me, me at the Zoo one. And the interesting thing is that since then, you know, since YouTube's been sold and stuff, Jad, every once in a while, when YouTube makes new decision or like make these big changes that he doesn't agree with he will update the description of that video to criticize or give comments <laughs> on said decision so for instance when google plus was a thing that was kind of integrated with youtube and then when youtube decided to remove the dislike count or the public dislike count Mm-hmm. He put a comment on that. <laughs> oh, I actually, I just looked at the video just now, and the description is currently empty, so I guess oh. he clears it every time. Mm. Still iconic. Mm-hmm. Now, for our final inventor of an everyday item... This item was not considered an everyday item for most people until recent. Um, kind of, <laughs> I feel like I'm bringing the mood down by bringing up the pandemic, but a man named Peter Tsai, who is of Taiwanese American descent, invented the N95 mask in the 1990s, originally for people who worked in things like construction and were at risk of inhaling um, harmful things like sawdust and stuff like that, which led to black lung. Mm-hmm. But of course, now with the pandemic, they found that the N95 mask was capable of blocking out like viral particles. I just feel, I feel like I'm bringing down the mood by bringing up the pandemic because I feel like every time the word pandemic is used, everyone just collectively sighs. But thanks to this guy, we have a very, very, very important thing to help protect us from this pandemic. So Mm -hmm. major props to this guy. He invented the N95 mask in the 1990s and he patented it patented it in 1995 and fun fact kind of not really fun actually he came out of retirement in 2020 to try and find different ways to reuse the n95 mask 
due to things like panic buying. I think it's great that he wanted to try and find ways to reuse the masks that he created. But also there's something like that makes me upset that he came out of retirement or felt the need to come out of retirement during the pandemic to do this because of the circumstance. But once again, thank you for all your work, Peter. If you're listening right now, if any of you or any of the inventors listening right now, thank you. Yes. Change our lives. For real. Uh, Pierre Sai was born in 1952. So, how old was he when... 2020 minus 1952. That's like 68. Oh, I guess you haven't been retired for that long, depending on where you're from. Mm. I know in Canada, I think the age of retirement is like 65. Yeah, 65. I've been retired for three years at that point. Oh, okay. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I I think. Now that we've gone through this list of Asian inventors with everyday items, scientific discovery, tech creations and inventions, we hope that you learned something new today. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the USB was invented by an Asian person? Did you if you already knew that, was there someone that shocked you? in terms of what it was that they invented or who it was that invented it. Mm-hmm. Comment down below. Let us know. Who was it? What was it? And Because, I mean, it was crazy when we were doing research for this. I was just so surprised by the different things that were invented by Asians. Mm-hmm. You just never would have thought. Just because, I mean, I guess Part of it has to do with the environment that you grew up in, right? Because mm-hmm. in general, in terms of representation, you don't really hear about people of color that were inventors. Yeah. It's kind of swept under the rug. or It's just something you really get highlighted the same way. Mm-hmm. And they usually only get highlighted when for instance, Asian Heritage Month or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, it's just back to, eh, who's that? What's that? Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. Day-to-day life would be very different without these things. Yeah, I mean, I used a USB a few days ago. Yeah. Even just, like, not the things in our everyday things section. Very, like, fundamental science. Very important things. Yeah. To the current state of technology and science. Mm-hmm. Things we learn about in school, in science class. Found by Asians. Invented by Asians. Asians be invented. <laughs> Asians do be invented. I'm so proud of us. For real. I 
say us because we invented all these things together. <laughs> because I said so. Yes. Anyways, if you guys like this episode and want to stay connected with us, check out our website in the description. It contains links to our streaming platforms such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Follow us for more behind-the-scenes content, announcements, and other random things we decide to put on there. See you next time. Bye. Bye.